<laughs> Look, some of my adults are trying to get out of here too. Hey, I know they've got goldfish, but come on. You guys, um, go ahead, take your Bibles. Let's go over to the book of Jude. And Lord willing, we are going to try and wrap up the book of Jude today. And so y'all be in prayer where God will lead us next as far as in which book of the Bible we want to study from the pulpit. Uh, I do know that next Sunday we're in for a special treat. Do not miss next Sunday. You'll want to be here. The team from High Point, Oakview Baptist, will be with us. They will be doing the entire service, uh, the music, as well as the message. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, if you want to get a head start on next week, uh, we will be in the book of Ephesians. And so the message, God bless you, will come from Ephesians chapter 1 next Sunday. God bless you again. And we'll be throughout Ephesians during the week of our local missions. And so that'll be a good book as a church for us to be in prayerful consideration of. Um, guys, I trust a sovereign God that whenever He leads us into a book study, there is truly a message for us in that study. And so... We don't need to just sort of brush over this lightly. I think it's something that when we are in a study, God, what, what is it you're wanting us to learn from this? What, what helps shape us from this? What, what do you want us uh, to be transformed in in our thinking and living? And so take some time and let's look at that as we move into next week. And then uh, again after that, uh, we trust the Lord to lead us into a new study. A lot happening again uh, just on, on the heels of what uh, Pastor Nate was saying uh, my heart was over filled with joy just this past week. I could not have been more proud of the Jamaica team. Uh, just following them online, uh, knowing where they were going to be. Uh, Nate had given me a schedule and the places that they were going to be going into and then just in the morning uh, devotions that I was having and, and just some of the things that God was uh, saying through His Word and, 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 and just, uh, just holding them in prayer. And, and guys, I just want to say for those of you who went you had the support of your church family. And, and there's a lesson in this for all of us. You don't have frontline missions if you don't have a home base. And home base, uh, we have a, a responsibility of supporting frontline missions. So this serves in a way, when we do these kind of short-term missions trips, uh, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's bigger than all of us is the point I guess I want to make. It's so much bigger than all of us. But it's an opportunity for us to, to see what God is doing locally and universally through the church. By the way, it always takes place through the local church. God does, he, he, now don't get me wrong, He uses parachurch organizations, but the core hub that God works through is the local church. They were encouraged while they were there, and I know they'll tell more about this when we have our special Sunday. Um, they were reminded God's desire is to call missionaries out of the local church. And so maybe God's dealing with your heart on becoming a full-time missionary. We need missionaries. How will they hear unless they're sent, right? We are called to take the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean everybody needs to go, right? God needs missionaries right where you are. Are you a missionary right where you are? God needs mechanics. He needs plumbers. He needs doctors. He needs lawyers. God's desire is to use you where you're planted. But let's all remain sensitive to 
our purpose, and that's to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Thankful for the team taking that message to Jamaica, and I'm thankful for the team next week that's taking it to LaGrange. And guess what? Just like home base, we had to support that foreign missions trip recently. We need your support next week locally. And so please, please be in much prayer for this. And, and, and Jamaica team, let me encourage you. Just as you went there and how you were received there, we've got a team just like you coming here. And so I really anticipate you guys being able to receive them in the way you were received because you know how you were received. And so now we have an opportunity to do the same. It's a blessing all around. I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I appreciate we cannot do this without the support of Community Baptist Church. So thank you guys for everything you're doing. Much prayer. Much prayer, please. In the book of Jude, by the way, uh, where did Carver, he, is, he, is he nearby? He took off on me. I was looking for a thumbs up. I guess I'll wait till he gets back in and see if I see a thumbs up on something. Uh, I was going to share something. But anyway, um, with that said, I, I do want to make this announcement. When you leave today, some of you already know, but if some of you don't know this yet. When you leave today, I want you to kind of walk over towards the playground or just look over towards the playground on the other side. Praise God, about seven years in the making, but uh, we are getting closer and closer. And you talk about a team effort. We've had a lot of team players through the years to help get this field primed and ready. Well, this past week, we took one step closer to the field of dreams becoming reality. And uh, that's a future sports ministry for youth. Okay? Your pastor loves sports. I'm not anti-sports. But I believe whatever we do in life should be for the platform of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And so wherever you are, wherever God has you, be a representative. But we've got an opportunity out here, Lord willing, for, I just see Saturday mornings, cars parked everywhere. Because drive by any field, you'll see cars everywhere on a Saturday morning. Kids playing soccer. Kids playing flag football, right? Well, we want to be a hub for that. We want to be able to see that packed out here on Saturday mornings and the gospel being given each and every time kids come out here to play. Families being exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ every week. Guys, the Lord has blessed us with that acreage. And so we're going to use it for His glory. Please pray for that. Right now, we need to pray for rain, right, Don? <laughs> we, need, we need to pray for some rain because we can't sow the grass until that ground is good and saturated. But, man, it's, it's a, we, we've been kind of commenting, uh, you, you almost play pool on it. It's, it's that flat. And don't none of you bring your cue sticks over. But, you know, it's, it's looking good. So take a look at that. I'm excited. Again, God's doing a lot of good things here in our midst, and uh, I, I need to share that. I need to take the time to, to share that this morning. All right. With that said, we are in the book of Jude, and um, we will go ahead and uh, look, if you would, in Jude and verse 1, and we'll read the whole chapter since we're closing it out today to gather the whole thought of what Jude is wanting us to get from this. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified, by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you 
exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode. He's reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality, going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the, the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these, they speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they've gone in the way of Cain. They've run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, these are clouds without water, carried about by the winds and late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they've committed in an ungodly way, and all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, but you, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some, have compassion, making a distinction. But others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior 
who alone is wise, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and I pray that you would keep your promise as I know you, you, you must, that your word would not return void. You've promised that and so I pray that the listening ears would be in tune to hear what the Spirit has to say to us today. And I pray, Lord, that our heart would be fertile soil, that it will receive your truth, that we will be encouraged to respond, and that we will be changed, transformed differently from how we came in, going out of here, ready to serve for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Contending for the faith. That's what Jude has asked of us. That's what this epistle has been about. This is what this letter has been to the local church in Jude's day and in our day. We have a calling. We are the called believers, the church set apart. But yet Jude wants us to know he was going to write because of our common salvation, but he, he realized he couldn't spend time talking about that because there was, there was a concern. There were those who, have, who had crept into the church unnoticed. And their intent was to spread heresy. False teaching. Now I think we'll see as we unpack this that some of those did so intentionally. I think some of them did it out of ignorance. And the Bible warns us that in the latter days there will be deceivers of men... And then there will be those who are deceived. And so we're given instructions on how we are to deal with such within the midst of the local assembly. And that's what Jude's letter is about. He's wanting us to be prepared to contend for the faith. Because if not, we'll see what's happened all across America and is happening across the globe even today as a result. It began back then and it's continuing today. Churches have gone apostate. They're not really churches because a church by definition is made up of believers, true believers. Now that's not to say that there might not be some true believers caught up in those isms. But it's in spite of. The reality is that just as it was in Jude's day, as the case in our day, there are many who are leading folks down a road of destruction through liberal teaching, through false doctrine, even through slight error begins to veer you off the path just a little. And within a generation, it's just a little further. And another generation, it's a little further. Guys, our main education systems began in this country as a means to teach the Word of God. Some of the greatest Ivy League schools were originally started to raise up pastors and missionaries. They're a far cry from that today. And it didn't happen overnight. It never does. It's a slow fade, to quote a popular song. And it is. And this is why church doctrine matters. Don't let anybody tell you that doctrine does not matter. Why can't we just join hands in kumbaya with every church in town? Well, after all, we're the body of Christ. 
Doctrine matters. And guys, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. Or we will never be able to reason with brothers and sisters. Notice I said brothers and sisters. To understand revealed truth. God's a God of reason. He says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Listen, God is a God of reason. We too must be people of reason. And therefore, our reasoning together can't be based on experience. It cannot be based on tradition. It cannot be based on uh, the traditions of man, experience, or even logic falls short when it comes to the authority of God's Word. Sometimes God does things that's illogical. He sometimes does things that's not natural, that's supernatural. Logic will never understand that. So I'm not against logic, I'm not against experience, and I'm not against tradition. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying that our final base of authority must be, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Word of God. And therefore, it's worth us knowing, it's worth us studying that we might be able to contend for the faith. Now, Jude is going to wrap this up today, and hopefully Pastor Jeremy will, with Jude, on exceeding joy. He wants, he wants us to understand. If you're in the midst of the battle, did you know you can have joy? I'm going to tell you, some of y'all need it, because I'm looking at some of y'all's faces today. Man, y'all done sucked on a lemon before you came in here. I mean... <laughs> Thank you, just in time, Junior. Uh, I mean, really, if there's anybody that ought to have a countenance, it ought to be the believer. Guys, the joy of the Lord should be bubbling over in our lives. I know we have stinky days. You should have seen me playing golf yesterday. All right? Did, by the way, did we, no thumbs up on that? We got, we got anything? What you got for me? Let's take a look and see what Carver's dug up on us. We'll take a little, take a little uh, providential detour, detour here maybe. Or maybe not. Oh, that's not it. I, I appreciate the effort, but that's definitely not. Uh, anyways, guys, go on our faith. I appreciate the effort. I really do. But the, We had a CBC golf team yesterday, and I want you to know they represented well in, in spite of Pastor Jeremy being on their team. Uh, and and uh, so check it out online. I got a couple of videos. Uh, we had Bryce back there, and uh, we had Chandler Harrell, and, and even my father-in-law right here. We, we, all four of us, we, we had a good day. We didn't bring home the, the, the trophy. Uh, I was pretty pleased with our day. I, I, it was a good day. We, uh, we shot a 69, which was two under par. Yeah, yeah. Now, the winning team shot a 57, but we don't want to talk about those guys. But I was pleased. I was good. I was glad. We were joyful that we had a good day, man. It was a, and again, the Spirit of God indwells that heart of believers. Wherever we go, we take that with us. We need to take and, and let that be known through our countenance, through how we live. And so, guys, uh, let's see what it means to, to have this joy in the midst of fighting. Because this is what we're called to. We're called to fight. This is a battle. We're in it to win it, right? Well, it's already won for us. But that's exactly why Jude is going to give us the encouragement we need to contend. So how do you contend? How do we contend for the faith? Many are asking, how do we contend for the faith? How do we contend for the faith? I'm glad y'all, man, y'all are getting much better at that. I appreciate that. 
I'm glad you asked. Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at what Jude says. Here's, here's where we're going today. It's a three-point outline. Build yourselves up. Okay? This is how we're going to contend for the faith. It's going to start by building yourselves up. Alright? My family and I have been taking up a new hobby. It's called Late Night Visits to Gold's Gym. Right, Randy? And so, you feel free to join us. The family challenge has been issued. You and your family work out together. Family that works out together gets sore together. Anyway, um, build yourselves up. But that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about a physical bit. We're talking about spiritually. Guys, but spiritually, families, we need to be working out together. Right? But it starts with us as individuals. Okay? Build yourselves up. We'll talk about that. Keep yourselves in. That's the other thing we're going to look at. And again, this is right here from the ending of, of the book of Jude, so you can see it there in the text. We'll look at these verses shortly. Keep yourselves in, and then because he's able. Jude's going to tell us how to build ourselves up in contending for the faith, how to keep ourselves in the love of God, and this is only possible because he's able to do it. That's the only reason why. And so, let's take a look. Build yourselves up. Notice, if you would, in verse 20. I love this because just hold your spot there in verse 20. But you remember last time that we were in the book of Jude, I had you go through and underline that phrase, these. Notice verse 16. These are grumblers. And if you go back up through the text, you'll see in verse 12, these are spots in your love feast. Uh, likewise, these dreamers. And so there's this phrase used throughout the book of Jude to describe the apostate. And he says, these guys and these guys and these. He's describing the characteristics of these apostates. And then he comes to verse 20 and he completely changes and puts his focus where? On you. He says, but you. Beloved, you, he says, building yourselves up, building yourselves up. How are we going to build ourselves up? Well, again, been proud of my son. He's been working out lately. He, he'll be more than happy to say, feel this. That's, his, that's what he loves. Sorry, son. Anyway, so feel free to come up and, and check it out. He's been working it out. I love you, son. Bill. But you got to, hey, you, in the faith, build this. Build this. Right here. Hey, we got to build ourselves up in the Word. The Word. The Holy Word of God. That's how you and I are going to get stronger. Spiritually speaking. If you're going to contend for the... Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to, the, to those Mormons that sh show up on my yard with the bicycles, popping wheelies. There's one kid, he's really good. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to talk to them. That Jehovah's Witness that rings the doorbell with the Wake magazine. You know, well, I, I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know what to tell them. Guys, you're never going to be strong enough if you don't work out what God worked in. Now, now let's be real clear. Jude's real clear on this. Okay? In and of ourselves, we got no ability but if you're here and you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ God has worked the salvation in he asked you to work it out 
Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not a works message. That's a, that's a message of doing because it's done. That's somebody who understands that we are a new creation in Christ and therefore this spiritual giftedness that now is within you needs to be executed. And the way we build ourselves up in the faith is by spending time in the Word of God. What's the last time? And don't, no show of hands, don't need no confession hour right yet. When's the last time you spent time in the Word of God? I mean, really in the Word of God. Soaking in the Word of God. Now, I trust you all good Bible-believing, you know, folk, because you all go to community Baptist. So, I trust you all are spending some time during the week in the Word of God. The only way we will grow stronger in our faith is in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, how? By the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Church, can I encourage you, just do something this week. Take a little, a simple challenge, a simplistic challenge. Listen to a sermon this week, outside of this one. I know some of you already do this. Some of you listen daily. That's awesome. If you can hear a message daily from a good Bible-believing teacher, not any of the heretics we showed up here on the video from American Gospel, remember those characters, not listening to those guys, but, but, but pull up a good sermon. Listen throughout the week. This will build your faith. It will strengthen you. You notice, again, there was um, here in Jude, the writer... And I love the contrast he lays out here. Notice if you would here in the Word of God. Um, notice back in verse 15, he said, To execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, underline that, among them of all their ungodly deeds, underline that, which they have committed in an ungodly, underline that way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly, Sinners, underline that. You think Jude was trying to paint a picture for you? What do the apostate people look like? They're ungodly. How do they live their life? Ungodly. Guys, there ought to be a stark contrast between you and the world. There ought to be a stark contrast between me and the world. The way we live our life should never be able to fall under the category as that's ungodly. That's a characteristic of the apostate. Maybe we need to do a self-examination. Is, is, there, is there language in our, in our life that's ungodly? Is there thoughts in our life that are ungodly? Are there actions towards our neighbors that are ungodly? Is our attitude, our anger, our bitterness, the malice? The, what ungodly thing is... Is tripping us. There should be no place for that in the life of the believer. And so maybe you're not strong enough yet in your faith. You know, for me, I remember, and you've heard me tell the story, I remember as a brand new believer, uh, I had a potty mouth. Okay? I was a sailor for years. All right? It was on a cruise ship, but they still cursed a lot too. I'm just saying. And, and I had a potty mouth. And I remember, I worked in some pretty vile places, and, and for, you know, it, it made northerners look like southerners. You know what I'm saying? No offense, my northern friends. 
But uh, look, I know that's just a salty way of life. And so for a lot of northerners, they don't see it as a big deal. But guys, for me as an unbeliever, becoming a believer, I knew I had a problem with my tongue. James helped cure that. I will never forget the first time I'm in my, my tie and my button-up shirt and I'm all dressed up nice and, and I had a new job and I'd been doing really good at this job and it was about a month into it and I'd gotten a new job promotion and I was driving a company car and I was headed out to do one of my, one of my uh, sales calls down in uh, High Point and, and I'm cruising around and, and man, I, I'm thirsty or something. Got me one of them big gulps, you know, one of them, like bucket drinks, you know, some of y'all bring in here, I see. Uh, and, and, and it was like, man, I, you know, it was just going to be a good day. I, I got my praise on because I'm just all enthralled with, with this newfound faith. And I'm listening to Bible teaching on the radio. And, and man, it was like, this is going to be a good day. I'm cruising down the road. And I went to turn the radio. And I looked up and the cars were all stopped in front of me. I slam on my brakes. Big gulp hits the steering wheel. Hits me. I'm soaked. And it flew. You know. And I look over and I'll never forget the old lady in the car next to me just going... And it was in that moment, man, I was just like, oh, Lord, please, I do not want to do this. I don't want the reaction immediately to come out of my mouth because I began to find these passages that said things like, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know what was in my heart? Well, what was coming out was what was in my heart. And I remember, you know, reading James in the, in the problem with the tongue and how it can set things on fire and you can't take fire into the bosom and not get burned. I knew this was going to get me in a lot of trouble. And listen, it still does some days, all right? Now, just being real. Lord, help me have the wisdom, because if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Lord, I lack the wisdom to cure this. I don't know how to cure this. I don't know how to stop just letting it blurt out. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Lord, help me. I don't have the wisdom. Lo and behold, not many days after, I'm flipping through the Word of God, doing my, just my, my scriptural reading, and, and I come across. There it is, right there in the Word of God. The answer that I had just prayed for. Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good and necessary, that it might impart grace to the hearer. And it was like, man, I'm going to hang on to that one. I'm going to chew on that one. I'm going to meditate on that one. Guys, God has the answers for whatever's tripping you up, for whatever your struggle is. And His desire is to build you up. And the only way you're going to get built up, edified. This is edification. Three things of the church you're going to hear coming from the Oakview group. They, they're training their people when they do their missions trip. The three E's, edify, evangelize, right? Anybody know the third E? Equip. Yeah, good. Edify, evangelize, and equip. And that's the responsibility of the church. That comes right out of the book of Ephesians. And so, again, God desires to do this, but you must be a willing participant. So, that's one of the things, building yourself up, the Word. You know what else he says? He says here through prayer. And notice the contrast. Again, you've got the ungodly, these dreamers, these spots in your feast, these cats over here. That's Greek. These cats over here. Um, and then you've got here the Holy Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So the other thing, if you want to build yourself up in the faith, you want to be able to earnestly contend for the faith, it's through prayer. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't miss that phrase, in 
the Holy Spirit. If you are a born-again believer, you are in the Holy Spirit. You have been baptized into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells you, believer, and the Bible says you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. If something is sealed, it's not opened until the date it's required to be opened. And that date is until the day of when? Redemption. Redemption is in three parts. Justification. Christ paid it all in full at the cross of Calvary. Legally, He can declare you not guilty. You as a believer have been justified not guilty. You've been now indwelt and sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And now you're walking out exercising your faith. That's sanctification. His desire is to conform you more and more to the image of His Son. And that's how you're building yourself up because you're learning the Word of God. Now, we don't go around and say, feel this. But we do go around and live this in such a way that people notice the difference. That they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We don't do it for the eyesight pleasing of man. We do it for the glory of God. But it should be evident. And so the sanctification changes us, it transforms us till the day of glorification, redemption, in full, in completion. And so, praying in the Holy Spirit. A pastor friend of mine posted this the other day, and I thought this was a really great reminder. I think Jim Cimbalo was the one who, who wrote this in one of his books. But it's a reminder, we know this. God did not say, my house will be a house of preaching. And we love some preaching in Community Baptist. What did God say His house would be? House of prayer for all nations. Community Baptists, we need to build ourselves up in prayer. We got some wonderful ladies who've launched this SMOP ministry. We need to build ourselves up in prayer. And I realize some of you are praying, you can't be here, that's fine. But are you praying? Are you praying? We need to be more mindful in prayer, guys. I, I admit, the disciplines in my spiritual walk that, that struggles the most is the area of prayer. I'm just being transparent with you. I'm thankful the Spirit of God has nudged me and reminds me Right? So I've got to exercise that, right? We've got to ask God's help and wisdom in that, right? We must build ourselves up in prayer, in the Holy Spirit. The great thing about the Holy Spirit, see, this is the wonderful thing about prayer. Even when I don't know what to pray, He knows. He intercedes because He knows me better than I know myself. That's awesome. I mean, that's just unfathomable. That, that, you know, I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he tells his own disciples. I mean, we put Peter and Jan, you know, all these guys, John, all them up on these, these pedestals, and that's not really fair because they're men just like you and women. You know, These are normal human beings, and yet we put them up. And Jesus is saying, look, could you not even pray with me an hour? I mean, I feel like let's just be real. 
Could you not even pray with me 10 minutes? I've been very thankful for the men gathering before these meetings and service. I think it's a vital time of prayer. Even though it's brief, we must build ourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit. This offsets those apostates who are ungodly, right? You see it in the text. Well, let's continue. It also says, keep yourselves. Notice verse 20 and 20 through 23. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. How are we going to keep ourselves? Because salvation has nothing to do with us, right? I can't, I can't, I can't keep my salvation any more than I can get my salvation. Y'all need to listen and hear this one. Salvation is a gift secured by Jesus Christ. God incarnate extends to you and me. Whosoever will, let him come. Salvation is freely offered, but not everyone will receive it. Many will reject it. But if you by faith repent of your sin and put your trust in the finished and complete work of Jesus Christ, guys, your sins of the past, present, and future have been paid in full. Because when Jesus hung on the cross, every one of your sins were future tense. And so when you come to that saving faith in Christ, He seals you until the day of redemption. Well, does that mean we should go out and just sin? And, you know, Paul said, God forbid. You see, there's a lot of people, I believe, that are filling our church pews that believe the, the doctrine of the Bible that's true, eternal security... They believe eternal security, once saved, always saved. That is a true teaching. That is a true doctrine of Scripture. But there's a lot of people who I think have never been saved who are claiming that doctrine and they think they can live like the devil and they're going to be okay on Judgment Day. Newsflash. That's not how it works. The Scriptures are real clear, guys, that you are preserved until the day of redemption. But there is perseverance of the saints until the day of redemption. Your faith is being worked out. Don't believe me? Look at Jude. Notice what it says. Go back to verse 2. To those who are called. Who are the called? The believers. To the called sanctified, see here's justification, sanctification, and glorification, all right here in this passage, okay? To the call, justified, sanctified by God the Father and preserved, glorification, in Jesus Christ. Keep yourselves. God works in, you work out. What does he say to, what is, how, do you, how do you keep yourself? Church, how are you going to keep yourself? Love. The love of God. You can love because God first loved you. 
Well, apart from God first loving you, we, couldn't, we wouldn't know how to love. We don't even know what love looks like. We still mess it up, right? We, 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 we look at, you know, young people. There's a Greek word, eros. That's erotic. That's where we get that word from. It's sensual. Guys, Jude's been describing sensual people. This is why apostate churches look so much like a real church. It's because they're, they're loving in an eros way. It's a sensual way. And the world, especially America, is permeated with sensual. It's a materialistic. It's a, it's a physical. This is why the liberal church, a lot of homosexuals, LGBTQT movement, all these types of things that are happening, they're hiding behind the rainbow flag and they're hiding behind love. Why don't you just, you know, this is just love. But they're doing this based upon a natural, natural feeling of what they think is right. I don't, I don't hate them. I love them agape. That's a Greek word that's biblical love. That's true love that can only be understood when you're in Christ and Christ is in you. So I'm not mad at them because they're blind. They don't understand it. They're trying to love, but they're only able to love naturalistic like a brute beast is what Jude called them because they're responding sensually. This is why a lot of our churches, they muster up the emotion that is closer to the sensual and so it gets you worked up in a frenzy of emotion and feeling that is sensual. Whereas to agape love is understanding and appropriating our identity in Christ. Apart from Christ, I have nothing. In Christ, I have available to me all resources that make it possible to love you as Christ loved me. But apart from Him, I cannot love you properly. That's, and again, um, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God has given us emotion and physical love of, of, of these sorts within the right context. Marriage, which God ordained. So we need to keep ourselves in love, looking for the mercy of Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Notice the two things he does here. He, again, and this is important. This is where the application comes in for his church. If we're going to earnestly contend for the faith, we need to learn to love Christ-like style. Okay? You know, black belt features. Crane style. Drunk man style. You know, turtle style. Anyway, some of y'all get that on the way home. He was really slow. Anyway. Christ-like style, okay? That's what this, anyway. Thank you, Piner, for being here. I appreciate it. How do we love biblically? Two ways here. Some say three. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of unpack that. We'll look at that. We'll talk about that. But here, here we go with the last 10 minutes left on the clock. All right. And on some, have compassion. Making a distinction. We have a lost and dying world. Our Jamaica team just went into a part of the world and they got to see lost people. They got to take the gospel into the streets and actually begin to strike up conversations with folks on the corner for the sole purpose of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were showing love. They love the Jamaican people enough to go and take the gospel to them. They love those people on the streets enough to go into the street 
and take the gospel to them. Newsflash, LaGrange has lost people on the street corners. Ain't that right, Quinn? He sees them all come up to the Hawaiian shaved ice all the time, right? Anyway, where's, where's he hiding at? Uh, there he is, way in the back. I see the hand all the way from Shelby County. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Some of y'all get it. Um, we got lost people in the streets of LaGrange. Yes. Goldsboro, Kinston, Pink Hill's got more. Just saying. We must be compassionate, guys. I mean, think about it. If you saw a child in the road, Highway 70, crawling, little baby, small baby, crawling out across the road, surely you would have compassion enough to stop and try and help that child, right? You, surely you would, you would stop and do everything within your ability to, to try and save that child, right? Because we got people dying and going into eternal hell. No chance of return. It's sealed, it's settled, it's done for all eternity. That's forever and ever and ever. People who are dying every day right here in our own community, stepping into eternal hell, and we're watching it. We must have compassion and show mercy to the afflicted. Jude specifically has in mind here, I believe, a certain type of people. We'll, we'll, go, I, we'll go with what MacArthur says on here, all right? I'll just, we'll just yield to him. He's got a little more study on this than I do. Three types of people. I like what he does use here. I like what he says here. He says, you've got those who are confused. And let's be real, because again, in the context, these people have crept in the church unnoticed, and they're trying to lead some people astray. And there's a lot of isms out there. There's a lot of churches that are made up of what you would consider, I would consider well, nice people. I don't like using the word good because the rich young ruler, you know, comes to Jesus and, you know, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? He says, why do you call me good? There's only one who's good. But I know what you mean when you say there's good people out there. There's a lot of nice people in these churches. And I think a lot of them are just confused. And so Jude is saying, for those who are confused, you have a responsibility to contend for the faith. But you're not going to be able to help correct those, using other passages of Scripture. When someone opposes you, you need to be able to, in love, be able to correct. 1 Peter 3.15, you need to always be ready to give a defense for the reason and hope that's within you with gentleness and meekness. So there are people out there who are just genuinely confused. Those are the ones we want to reach because I believe these are what we would call seekers. Now there's none who seeks, no, not one, but those who maybe are believers who are caught up in the isms who need a little help. We need to have compassion and reach out to those and we need to help them. And sometimes they're going to hear it and sometimes they're not. All right? That's not on you. Just be faithful to show compassion and reach out to them. Then there's those others who, who we would consider uh, that are also a part of this group that are the convinced. These would be likened to the Pharisees of Jesus' day. Now think about it. Jesus was hard with them. He was straightforward, man. He pounded them. He pounded them. But He was pounding them in hopes that they would repent. Even John, you, you vibe. Who, who, who called you to repentance? I mean, you know, bring forth fruit unto repentance first. Let's see it. 
So, so we got examples in the Scripture of those that Jesus, John the Baptist, many took on who were convinced of what they believed. But they were in error, in religious error. And those religious error folks, sometimes we're going to have to take them head on. This is one of the reasons we do the apologetics ministries here. It's not to win arguments, but it is for the sake of the gospel that if there are people caught up in isms and false teachings, that we might be able to expose those lies in hopes that the glorious light of the gospel penetrate their heart, that they might be saved. These would be potentially religious scoffers who think they're okay. And then we've got the third group that, that is, is the committed. And these are usually the teachers. I mean, these, are, these go even beyond. These are these sold out, complete, you know, these are the ones leading the kingdom halls. And these are the ones sending out those Mormon missionaries. I mean, these are the guys at the top of the totem pole, so to speak. And even them, Jude is telling us that our desire should be to win them for Christ. Compassion. The other is fear. Notice what it says. He says, on some have compassion, making a distinction. Make the difference. You need to know. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That second two groups, man, they're already in the fire. They're, 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 they're already being singed with, the, with hell, if you will. They're that close to stepping into eternity. This is what Jude's telling us. That's how far. They're, 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 they're stepping through the threshold unless you snatch them out with the gospel of Christ. Again, it's not you, but Christ within you. That's important, church. And the reason why we're able to do this, the reason why you and I are able to build ourselves up through the Word of God and through prayer, and the, and the reason why you and I can keep ourselves through love and showing compassion on those around us in fear and pulling them out of the fire and hating, hating the garment defiled by the flesh, it's because He's able to do it. Christ is able to do it. Now to him who is able. Notice the final verses. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Guys, if you are in the faith, you are sealed until the day of redemption. Jesus Christ has preserved you and He can keep you from stumbling. He will present you faultless in that glorious day before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. That's good news. That's news the world needs to hear. That's news that should change how we live, think, walk, and talk. That's the glorious transformational gospel that you and I possess. That's the message the lost and dying world needs to hear. So our application, build yourselves up through word and prayer. Keep yourselves in the love of God. 
by showing compassion to those who are confused and the fear of God upon those who are convinced and committed because He's able. Because He's able to keep you from stumbling and He's able to present you faultless. That's awesome. That's good news, guys. That's great news. You know, we can have joy in the midst of the battle. You, you guys have all heard this before, right? You, you, you've all heard the, um, the acronym JOY. Joy is Jesus first, others second, you third. You want to have joy in your life? That's what it is. And look, that's true. Put your eyes on Christ. Live a Christ-centered life. If you want to experience the joy of the Lord, get your eyes off your circumstances. Put your eyes on Jesus. Serve others first and put you last. That'll bring joy in your life. But you know what Judas told us? He said, you want joy backwards and forward? Well, let's look at it backwards. Jude's message is quite the opposite when contending for the faith. When you're contending for the faith, it starts with you. Build yourselves up. Because you're not going to be able to contend for the faith unless you get equipped in the Word of God. Unless you spend time growing in the Word of God and the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Unless you spend time in prayer. You will not be able to contend for the faith. And you will not be able to contend for the faith if you're not going to focus on others to share the gospel and have compassion on those confused. And you're not going to be able to grow in the battle and contend earnestly for the faith if you're not willing to take time to, through the fear of God, pull out those who are, who are stepping into hell, who are convinced and committed. But when all that's said and done, you understand to have real joy, it's because He's able. Jesus Christ is able. I close with this story. Some of you may recall the Thrilla in Manila. Anybody, anybody see that when it happened? Oh, yeah, I got a couple of fans. That, yeah, when it was going on. Think about this. Take yourself back into that moment. The Thrilla in Manila. For those of you who don't know, this was a heavyweight boxing championship. Muhammad Ali versus Smoking Joe Frazier. It appeared up until the fifth round that Frazier was just, he was sleepwalking. Ali hit Frazier in the eye, and Frazier's eye just began to swell shut. He was getting hammered. And before the final round, as both men were in their corners, Frazier's manager, Eddie Fuchs, said he looked at his boxer, he decided not to let the fight continue. Ali had won. Here's the interesting thing. Ali sitting on the opposite corner across the ring. In his corner, Ali had told his trainer that if Frazier came out to fight in the next round, he would not continue. If Frazier came out to fight, he would not continue. All Frazier had to do to win the fight was to stay in the fight. This is the idea Jude has in mind. 
when he says to, contern, to, to earnestly contend for the faith. This is what Jude has in mind when it says to earnestly contend for the faith. In order to, to contend earnestly, one only needs to stay in the fight. Guys, we've won the fight. Stand firm in who you are in Christ. He has won the victory. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We don't operate, we don't come from a position of where it's dependent upon us. It's dependent upon you, and you've said it's finished. It is finished. And so, Lord, help us to understand who we are in Christ. You've preserved us. You've sealed us until the day of redemption. You will keep us from stumbling. You will keep us faultless. What you ask of us is to keep ourselves in the love of God by, ex- it, by living it out, by working out that which you've worked in. Help us to have compassion on a lost and dying world. Thank you again for this team that recently went to Jamaica, willing to, to lay down their lives, willing to, to share the good news, willing to be a living sacrifice in the sense of dedicating their time, their effort. And Lord, thank you for the church, for those who weren't able to go, who were here behind praying, interceding in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we have an opportunity locally to do the same. May we be found faithful as you call us to earnestly contend for the faith. It's the final bell ring. All we need to do is stand. Stand firm in the faith that's been once and for all delivered to the saints. Thank you, Lord, for your truth that's unchanging. May you seal us for those who do not know Christ that they'll come to that point of understanding that they can be sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. By repenting of their sin, acknowledging their sinful heart and sinfulness and their need of a Savior, that there's nothing they can do. There's nothing that they can can do better. They can't earn favor. They can't clean up their life. They can't do anything. They're dead spiritually. They need to be made alive. Lord, let them fall upon the mercy of Christ alone for their salvation. And put their hope in who He is and His promise. May they call upon the only name under heaven, given amongst men by which to be saved. May they call upon the name of Jesus Christ even now. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of redemption as found in Christ alone. Help us as we go now to be witnesses until we meet again. Lord, may we be faithful in your service, living out what you've worked in. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.